This is Wetlock, my true unscripted chronicles as a prison wife. Join me on my journey as I bring you crazy stories, informative facts, updates on my husband, advice from my family and friends, and special guests giving their true life stories on the prison system. This is not your average love story. Welcome to Wetlock. Hey guys, it is episode 11. And yes, guys, I am feeling so much better today. Um, As of yesterday, about 6 p.m., I received an email from my husband. And um, I feel amazing. I'm tired. True enough, I am really, really tired. Again, I maneuver several different irons in the fire so I definitely have my days where I'm extremely exhausted top that off with missing my husband yeah I'm tired but I'm never too tired to bring you my chronicles my journey and everything that I have in store within my podcast So today, I just want to talk about a few things. First of all, I want to talk about this theme song in the making. Yes, guys, I am going to officially have a theme song for my podcast. I am so excited. I don't know what it's going to be. You know, I just went to my homegirl, B-Mart, like, B-Mart, I need a theme song, um, Something in the lines of a Mary J, Method Man, a Fabulous and Neo, Jay-Z and Beyonce, the Bonnie and Clyde. I want something like that. And guys, she already had something perfect. Just waiting, just waiting, waiting, waiting. And of course, waiting for me. So I'm so excited for this, guys. Like, it will be probably ready by the next episode on Sunday. Like I'm 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 geeked. I'm super super geeked. Um so shout out to B Mart for coming through for me. Um she's an amazing artist guys. Um I will definitely talk about her um throughout future episodes as well um for just coming through for me. And also, another wonderful piece of news I have for you guys is that my mom, who has majored in psychology, will be coming on as one of my counselors in the nonprofit, Fed Up Wives nonprofit. So that's just something that's definitely amazing to me. Um... I don't know. I was sitting down and I was thinking about the nonprofit and all the things I want to do with it. And um, one of the things that came to mind was when it comes down to the emotional and, and mental support, I wanted to be able to have somebody that could professionally 
talk to them as well as just someone with experience talking to them um as myself or you know anybody else and my mom came to mind like wait a minute you forgot your mom has degrees in this so I'm just excited that I could pull my mom on this I try to include her in almost everything that I do so she will officially be one of the counselors that will aid in communicating um when needed and the next thing I wanted to also talk about is that I'm in the making of um getting the merch together the t-shirts um will be officially ready next month. I do have a few that are coming just for myself and a few other people I want to give them to um, as gifts. And definitely when I do these these live interviews on other people's podcasts, I definitely have to have something to represent my brand and what I have going on. So I'm excited about that. I posted the mock-up looks on my um, social media and on the podcast social media, Wetlock Chronicles Podcast. The uh, IG and the Twitter is Wetlock Podcast. So you can go on those platforms and see the mock-up version of the t-shirts. And I do have another upcoming podcast discussion with lunchtime with Anna and Demita coming up I want to say this Friday or Saturday and we're basically going to talk about the lockdown um the effects of the lockdown the after effects of the lockdown and I'm really excited about this guys I enjoyed my very first live interview and it just kind of sparked something in me where I'm just so ready to do the same with this podcast which again that is one of my treats for season two I also wanted to kind of jump into um my topic my overall topic of the day is how to really move forward after a situation like this this lockdown was um was very emotional for me um you know as I explained several times you know I just think about the things I went through with my dad and um the worrying if everything is okay I never want to come across as if I doubt the strength of the men in my life because I do not. But I also am very aware of what mental trauma can do to you. You know, your mind is a very, very, very powerful tool. And when it's not being cared for correctly, when it's in a stressful state, it's you 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 go through things you mentally go through things and people have to realize that your mind can also affect your body you know they tell you don't stress stress will kill you and different things like that because it will actually create health issues you know and as well as mental health issues depression and just things like that so my concern is always more so on the mental Um, And then it goes into the health because a lot of times as we've seen so many different scenarios, people's health is not being taken as a priority once they are inside of the prison system. It's not 
like when you go to your normal caretaker, you know, you you are not treated the same. You're not the same human being on the inside as you are on the outside. So those things concern me. That is definitely a very, very big concern of mine, especially, you know, going through what I went through with my dad and, you know, what happened to him leading up to him passing away due to negligence of the prison system. So moving forward, I have been thinking all night about how do I move forward in a situation like this? We're all different. We're all different. We all handle things very differently. Some things are urgent to some people. Some things are moderate to some people. And some people just are so used to think being things being the way that they are that it just doesn't you get your you're numb. You don't get any type of reaction. Um and I just don't ever want to be one of those people. I want to always be able to help fight be a voice um for those who can't you know and so all last night after I got the email from my husband I just kept thinking so how do I move forward how do how do I move forward from this and moving forward for me is to figure out what happens the next time I always want to find a solution in everything that that happens. Whenever something happens, I try to think about, okay, so this happened this time. What about next time? And that's how I move forward. And within this process, I just, the advice that both Michelle and Jojo gave are not panicking was something that I personally needed to hear because my PTSD definitely sent me into a panic. And it's natural. And as I stated before, it's now a part of my DNA. It's a part of who I am now. And I never want to push my paranoia or my fear off on my husband or anybody else. So within my emails, I email my husband every day. Within my emails, I always kept saying, you know, I know you're strong. You know, I'm always going to speak love and strength into you. I don't ever want you to think that I doubt your strength. Um, But I'm still concerned. And that's pretty much, you know, how I really, truly, truly felt. So moving forward for me is, first of all, I know not to panic. The second thing for me is to always be able to create some kind of communication. If I have to write my husband, if I have to call a jail just to check on my husband, I have the right to do that. And if it gives me a peace of mind and it's it makes me able to sleep a little better at night, then so be it. Because again, I know what it feels like to literally go to visitation expecting to see someone. And then when you get there to be told, oh, he's in the hospital. And then the worst thing you could ever imagine is about to happen. So I come from that place. That trauma um, has done something to me. And um, if you don't understand it, it's too hard for me to explain. So I just want to make sure that 
if this ever happens again, that I'm calculating and I'm strategic with how I move um, within this, you know, and, and I definitely know the constant communication with my husband made me feel better, you know, even if, you know, they say like, I don't know if you've ever heard, like when you go through a breakup, sometimes you need closure and and you, you hear people say, write a letter, even if you don't give it to that person, just write a letter, you get it off your chest and you feel better. And so that's kind of what I did every day. I emailed my husband as if it was like a day to day journal of everything that I had been doing. And I felt better as if I was talking to him. And that made me feel like, okay, whew, you know, I could exhale and I could move on. Although I knew I wasn't going to get a response back, it was something that I needed for myself. And I also wanted my husband to know without a shadow of a doubt that every day I was waking up, you know, he was on my mind and I'm, I'm there with him, even though I'm not physically there with him, I'm mentally there and I'm emotionally there with him. So everything that he's going through, I'm going through it with him. And that helped me. So it's a few little steps, you know, that I kind of adopted that I said, hey, you know, when this when this happens, this is what I'm going to do. I also realized that talking to people, especially people who have been through what you've been through or kind of understand what you're going through, you know, it's easy. It makes it a little better. And that's exactly why I decided to do the support group. You just never really know what kind of support you really need until something actually happens. So my moving through, my moving forward process definitely consists of me um, taking steps of trying to make sure that I am mentally where I need to be and emotionally where I need to be. So when this happens, you know, I can calculate how I need to move. Of course, I have to wake up every day and continue on with life. You know, I have to do life every day. But within that, my husband is also a part of my life and is my life. So I, um, I just had to adopt some things or try to figure out how to maneuver through this. I truthfully hope that this never happens again, but I cannot say for sure that, that it will or it won't. This was a bit extreme, um, especially when you have documentations of what these lockdowns have been before, what it looked like before. And, um, you know, it, it just makes you, it makes you wonder what happens if it gets worse or, you know, was there something in it that was missing? Because I will tell you this, guys, I continuously kept saying there's something else going on. This is the most well-kept situation that I've ever probably seen. You got one news uh, one news article, um, um, a few news outlets uh, reported it. But after it was reported, that was it. You never heard anything else until the lockdown was over. So within those eight days, what was actually going on? And that's just something that, you know, I I think about. My mind thinks outside the box sometimes. So yeah, guys, I mean, my moving forward definitely will be if this ever happens the next time, I just want to make sure that I don't panic. 
I want to make sure that I still communicate with my husband, whether I write him, send him cards, send him pictures or whatever, because I know that at that point when he receives them, it's a distraction. It is a form of distraction for him. It gives him something else to do. It gives him something to think about outside of what he's going through. Um, and of course, you know, communicating with him, you know, communicating with him, email, you know, on things that he's not going to see, but when he comes out, he sees all this love. The one thing I can honestly say is that my husband tells me on a regular basis that the way I love him means so much like he the way I love him he always talks about you know I love how you love me and the way you love me is so amazing and wonderful and I want to always make him feel like that I want him to always feel like I haven't forgotten about him or um or that I'm even okay with what's going on because it's so normal and it's so natural and this is what how things are done I want him to always feel like no my wife is not okay with this you know I want him to know that he got a fighter on his team and I'm not gonna be okay with him being treated any kind of way whether it's normal or natural or whatever so that's how I plan on moving forward if this ever was to happen again. Like I said, this was this was hard. This was hard on a lot of um a lot of families. You know, I have been contacted a lot and I want to I I really want to thank a lot of the people that really communicated with me because it's almost like I had formed a little small network. When the lockdown started coming down, a lot of people was reaching out to me like, "Hey, my boyfriend is at such and such and such and such. They off lockdown." "Hey, you know, my baby daddy is at such and such and such and such. They're off lockdown." Like as it was re- being released, I was starting to get updates from other people and that was making me feel better and giving me hope. And then that same hope I was spreading to other people. So as I was getting that information, I was also giving it to other people so that they can feel better about what's going on. Like, hey, well, I'm hearing from over here that this is what's going on and they're being, you know, let off the lockdown. And it was giving people time to breathe. Everybody was able to actually breathe when um they were finding out that their loved ones were being off of this lockdown so just the network of people that were just communicating with me and letting me know every step of the way what was going on um even with Demita like Demita was getting letters and she was calling me like hey Rashida I got a person here writing and they said this or hey you know Rashida somebody wrote and said this so we actually had people that was reaching out letting us know from the inside what was actually going on and I want to say on Monday I start feeling a little bit better um, when I start hearing that different people were able to communicate with their loved ones. So that alone was really, really dope that we had basically had formed our little network and it was, you know, trickling down like the pipeline, so to speak. And, um, that's pretty much it guys. Like I have, you know, I want to 
I want to try to always touch on something. It doesn't always have to be super, super long. Um, it doesn't have to always be just one topic of the day. So I want to kind of, you know, get a little, create some layers within the topic of the day um, sometimes. And that's what I did today. I don't have one thing I wanted to talk about. I had a few things that I actually wanted to bring to you today. So guys, this is episode 11. And again, I am so glad that you guys are here with me on this journey. Word is spreading. Word is spreading. I am getting so much wonderful, wonderful feedback. Like, it's amazing. Um, The compliments I'm getting, the support that I am getting, I'm loving it. And I don't know where this podcast is going, but I didn't think it would just have legs and just start creating different things for me but I truly truly appreciate you guys and I cannot wait until my theme song is ready but guys we are going to move on with episode 11 and you already know it is the story of the day this is a serious story guys like this is something that is very very serious and I'm gonna need some help with this story I'm gonna need some understanding I'm gonna need some compassion because I have a major 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 foot problem I don't like feet. I do not like feet. I guess we want to call it feet fear. I hate feet. Oh my God. If you know me, you know I hate feet. Ever since I was a kid, oh my God, my dad used to put his feet on me to just torture me. Um, My sister, when we was in middle school, she used to just put her feet on I hate feet, period, point blank. I hate feet. And my husband is so rude. He is so rude, y'all. He is constantly, constantly bringing up topics about feet to like torture me. I know it's, I know that's what he's doing because he know I hate feet. And it got to the point, guys, where when he started talking about his feet, I just get quiet. Because I be hoping, like, in the back of my mind that he is saying to himself, okay, let me stop talking about my feet. Because, I mean, I, I can't, I can no longer explain to him how much I hate feet. And he knows it. So, he's, like, deliberately torturing me about his feet. He will say stuff like, oh, babe, I can't wait till I get home to rub my feet on you. Or, oh, babe, I can't wait to get home and you rub these feet. Oh, let me go ahead and start working on my feet now. So when I get home, they'll be all ready for you. And I'm like, dude, no. Like, no. I'm serious. No. And he just got it in his mind that 
he is just so spectacular and so wonderful that the foot rule is gonna go out the door for him and it is not it is not i have to tell him all the time baby please let's not talk about feet oh baby please let's change the subject oh baby please don't do that to me please don't do that to me but he has convinced himself that um he gonna put his feet on me and i'm gonna love it and you know i'm like no he is oh my god guys he and then he gets so graphic with it like two weeks ago i mean he just went into oh babe i gotta go get me a nail clipper and you know my big toe this and it's got this and i'm on the phone like trying to not like throw up all inside my stomach because i'm like why is he doing this and i'm telling y'all i got so quiet it's like as if my throat had tightened up you know like i needed an epipen i was telling y'all like i was having an allergic reaction to this conversation and he was like baby you ain't got to get quiet on me i'm gonna leave my feet on the porch when i get home and i just bust out laughing because i'm like damn if only he could snatch them bitches off and leave them on the porch that would be so (laughs) wonderful but it's just the fact that he know it bothers me and he still be talking about these feet oh my god he always talking about how they don't they baby you know my feet look good they look good or baby you know my feet and i'm like oh no like no i just feel like Oh my God, I can't believe I'm finna say this out loud. I just feel like he'll do something to me like if I'm asleep, like put his foot on my face or something. I know that sounds crazy, but I promise y'all, I feel like he's contemplating the worst foot actions to me. I know he is, and he thinks it's funny. So I'm trying to figure out, now see, if I retaliate and do something back to him, he gonna be mad because I just feel like, okay, he put his feet on me, then I'm gonna wait till he sleep and I'm gonna throw like a bucket of water on him or something. Like, I'm gonna have to get him back for every time he try me, but he's trying to come home and torture me with his feet. I love my husband. I do. I, he, I think he's uh, he's so handsome. I have always been attracted to him. Like... I just can't wait. Like, mm, I can't wait. But them feet, I don't care if he can walk on water. Feet belong on the floor. Feet belong on the floor. They belong on the ground. I don't want nobody caressing me with their feet. Like, I think I would die. Like, I cannot do the feet. I can't do the feet. My husband is plotting he's plotting on me with these feet he talk about them too much um when i was telling him i was taking classes for reflexology and aromatherapy and different things like that he was like oh baby that's gonna be so good because when i get home i'm gonna need my feet rubbed after all this and i'm like dude no i'm not rubbing nobody's feet even my cousin was like rashida how you gonna be doing all this stuff what you gonna tell people um i can't do your feet and i'm like absolutely i'm not touching nobody's feet so then my husband says to me well baby i'm just saying i'm I'm your man i'm your husband like so 
what happens when I come home and I just want my feet rubbed? Like, so you just really not going to take care of your man. You just really just not going to rub my feet like at all. And I'm like, no. And so he's like, so what you telling me is I got to go out here and go pay another woman. Then he going to say oriental woman and try to be funny because we all know about the happy endings at these feet places. See, he be on some bullshit. Okay. So he's trying to tell me all of these other things he can go do with his feet. You know, as if I'm going to get jealous and be like, oh no, no, no. Another woman would not touch my man's feet. I was like, um, uh, we, would you like to have somebody move in and, and like stay in a room like a, a um, uh, a housekeeper for your feet i mean because when you know we can just call her hey um ling ling or hey um griselda or mary Catherine, sue uh belinda whoever um he need his feet rubbed and sidebar when i say these names please do not be on no racial type of stuff because all these names just came out of my mind you know you got the women at the nail salon you know you got you got the women at the spa so I'm just throwing names out there, but regardless of the fact who, whatever name it is, she can live here to rub your feet. I do not have a problem with another woman rubbing my man's feet. Cause I'm not going to do it. I just, I, I cannot, I, I cannot like talking about it. I'm getting lightheaded. I cannot like, I just have an issue with the feet. I do not want nobody's feet touching me whatsoever. Like period. I feel like, that is grounds for a divorce. I think I'm going to get a um, prenup written up about feet. It's got, it has got to be an article within my prenup that says something about feet. It's a condition or something because I'm just not with it. And my husband is not playing about these feet like every time he thinks about it or he just oh my god he is talking about what he is gonna do with these feet and how he gonna rub his feet on me and baby when I get home you're not even gonna be thinking about it you're gonna let me rub my feet on you no I'm not so I'm trying to figure out guys like seriously if he do this with his feet if he start messing with me with his feet I need some tactical revengeful get back tactics like I, I I need some ideas I need some ideas like seriously please comment email anything give me some ideas because I already see now we're gonna have a situation in our household where it's gonna be tit for tat when it comes to these damn feet because he he's serious like he's very very serious about putting his feet on me and I just, I can't, like, oh my God, I cannot, I, I just, I just cannot do it. Um, yeah, there's no foot fetish here for me. And like I said, I think they belong on the ground. I just, I don't know, like, whew, am I the only woman who feels like this about feet? Now, the weird thing is that men love my feet. Men love my feet. I have small feet. Oh my God. My best friend talk about my feet and my brother. This has been the ongoing thing my whole entire life. My hands and my feet are small. Yes, they are. But they're cute. And every guy has always loved my feet. So I know my husband gonna love my feet. And he like, so, you know, so what you saying is, 
I can rub on your feet, lick your feet, suck your toes, and all this, and I can't. Oh, oh my God. No. The thought, like, feet in my mouth? Oh my, no, no. So I. I have a problem. Ladies, I have a problem. I need some help with this. I am so serious. I need some help with this. What am I going to do about my husband's feet? Um I can I I just can't. I I just I just really can't like <laughs> I I mean, he might have an affair because of feet. Like I don't know, but if he could leave him at the front door, I'm all for it. Like, I promise you, I am so all for it. But, guys, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Is that grounds for a breakup? Like, is that grounds for, you know, is it going to create a major problem? And if so, what do I do? Ladies, let me know what you think. Fellas, I mean... How do you feel? Like, because y'all be having some ugly ass feet. I mean, let's keep it 100. Some women got ugly feet too. But y'all be having some ugly ass feet. Like, ugly toenails. Just ugly ass feet. Like, who wants to touch and play with and, God forbid, lick those feet? No. So, I need some feedback, guys. I need some feedback. And I'm going to leave it as that because now I slickly feel a little nauseous. Um, And that... We'll conclude my story of the day. What am I going to do about my husband's feet? And now, guys, (laughs) we're going to move this thing along. Episode 11. Thank you guys for joining me. It is time for the meme of the day. One day closer, one day stronger. And that is the meme of the day, guys. For every day that goes by, it just means that my husband is closer to coming home. And with every day, I get stronger and stronger just knowing that the time is coming it's getting near so my advice to all you ladies out there when you're looking at your calendar don't count how long you have to go count the closer that he's coming home and guys you already know what time it is it is time for my favorite part of all the episodes updates on my husband well you guys we have reached my favorite part of the episode and that is giving you the updates on my husband my husband is finally finally off federal lock down like across all boards he is now in population he's in an open dorm i am so elated guys i'm so elated first of all for all federal prisoners lockdowns over um oh my god emotional um crazy 
concerned, confused are just some of the words and feelings that so many people were feeling during this lockdown. But I am just so glad that it is over. And I am so glad that my husband now is in population. Like it has been close to two months since my husband has been able to freely move around and I am just so happy I am so happy and the first thing he did this morning was went straight to the law library so he could start working on understanding his appeal different things that he needs to do and I'm all for it. I support my husband 100%. I already know he about to have a thousand things for me to do. Um, and it's okay. You know, whatever he has to do to get closer to come home, I am 100% going to have his back on that. And that's what he told me this morning. Baby, I'm just trying to hurry up, get home to you. And I am so ready. I'm so ready to go pick up my husband. It's just... I can't even explain it. <laughs> I can't even put it in words right now, but he is okay. He emailed me yesterday about six o'clock. I was on the phone with my friend Anderson. I almost wrecked my damn car because when the alert came through my phone, I was like, yes. Oh my God. I immediately went to text my best friend, you know, just to let her know what was going on. And I mean, he was cool though. Like, I think my husband goes into this um, mental warfare type of thing when this happens. And I, I believe I had said something about that before when he first got to Atlanta. Um, his responses be kind of like cold, but just real general. But, you know, but baby, I love you. You know, I'm, I'm, I love you so much. But, you know, I just think that they have to go into this mental something. I'm not sure. Um, but he's cool. He's cool. He, he's cool. He is, um, he is doing good. Like he is doing as, as, as to expect it right now. Um, of course I knew once he came off this lockdown, he was going to be focusing on those two points that is owed to him, um, that he's fighting for with this appeal that we have filed. But outside of that, he's in good spirits. Um, and I am just so happy. Oh, my God. His minutes kick in tomorrow. I cannot wait to talk to my husband. I just, I love my husband. Like, <laughs> I know I say it all the time, but I love my husband. And I'm just ready to talk to him. I'm ready to just hear him tell me graphically how he feels and get into his descriptions. Because he is so descriptive when it comes to stuff. Um, and I just can't wait. I mean, it's the little simple things that mean so much to me right now. Um, when it comes to him and I'm just happy, I'm just happy guys. And I hope that you guys are sharing this happiness with me. Um, you know, for any of you that have probably experienced this and was experiencing this for the past eight days, like it was a lot, you know, um, and my hat goes off to every everybody for sticking by and standing by their loved ones in this um this crazy situation. But again, thank you guys for keeping my husband in your prayers. Thank you for keeping him uplifted, for keeping me in your prayers. Um I had so much I had to tell him to just catch him up with everything that's been going on with the podcast and you know starting this nonprofit and 
Um, it is so weird because now that I have this podcast and as private as I am, I really be still kind of feeling some type of way when people be like, what's your husband's name? Or, you know, um, oh, he a rapper or he an artist or when people start inquiring, I'll be like, you know, I be having the stank look because again, it's like, I don't like people in my business, but Hey, I'm putting people in my business. And that's something I really have to get used to. I was even telling my best friend, like, girl, I don't even know how many people right now are even listening to my podcast at this point because I haven't checked um, any of my numbers in like two weeks. But I'm like, as far as what I know personally, from what my family and my friends tell me, like how they have passed the word on and, you know, they got their friends listening to it. I'm like, everybody know my husband. Everybody know your uncle. And, I, and I'm like, they don't know his name. And I've never just really said his name, not for, you know, any particular reason. But she was like, you know, damn, like you're going to make my, my uncle famous. I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> like, I don't know where this podcast is going, but I will tell you this. We have an amazing story. We have an amazing story. Like, just from where from where I come from, you know, with my emotions and my heart and my past relationships and just his lifestyle and his past relationships and where we are now, the fact that, you know, I'm his niece's best friend and we've been each other, been around each other, you know, and just kind of overlooked. I never, ever would have saw myself being with my husband and then to be so happy, like... I just, I didn't see it. Even when we first got together, I did not see it. I questioned a lot, but we have grown so much and it's so amazing. And I just, I just see fun, like just full, like just a full life and just fun. I was um, delivering some cupcakes not too long ago and I told my best friend I had went and dropped him off to this guy. And, you know, I pulled up at his house. He had a really, really nice, nice house. Big house, um, driveway going up the hill. And he was out there grilling for Sunday. And, you know, nice looking man, like in his late 50s or whatever. And I was like, damn, like, I can't wait for this, this life right here. This coming home, my husband grilling, you know, all the things that we worked hard for. We're able to just sit back and enjoy, you know, nice home and, you know, just just all the things, the amenities that, you know, we work hard for. And I am the type of person, and I've always been like this. If you know me, if you've been my friend, if you've been in my life, I have always maintained a household to where I don't have to go outside. I've always wanted to be able to, if I just needed to not do anything, I still had everything I needed in the comforts of my home. You know, fully stocked refrigerator, um... If I if I didn't feel like going to the gym, gym equipment, um, if I wanted to play some games, games, pool tables, you know, TVs in every room. See, I even got TVs in my bathroom. I just always wanted to make my home a place where 
I didn't have to leave the house if I didn't have to, you know, and that's what I work hard for. As you get older, you know, what you want, what you desire to have changes. But that is the one thing that's been most consistent is in my life is to maintain a nice household. I've always tried to make sure I had a nice household, a comfortable household, you know, a fully furnished household. And all my friends have always said my house is so comfortable. They come in my house, they get sleepy, they get tired. Um, I used to have this bed, this California king size bed that as soon as somebody got on it, you was out. You was out within 20 minutes, you was out. And I just can't wait for my husband to come home and climb into this huge bed, you know, and just live and relax and just endure just all the love between me and him. So it's just what I look forward to. And the eight days of not talking to him really made me want to go hard you know i just really wanted to go harder than what i was going not just you know for him because the one thing i will say for the first time in my life my husband is okay with me having a life outside of our life so when i go hard i'm not going hard like oh i gotta stay down for my man i gotta go hard for my man it feels like we are one. So when I go hard, I'm going hard for myself, but I'm going hard for both of us in that aspect. Like I'm not putting too much into him and less into me. And I've done that. That's the mistake I've made in several relationships. And now I'm not making that. And my husband is okay with that. Like my husband is more like, he's a man. He is a man. He is a manly man and I love it and I just cannot wait until he comes home but he is amazing guys um he is trying to do everything in his power to to come home and I'm I'm with him 100% you know I I have reached out to a few of my I, my allies and people that I know to try to see what we could do as well so you best to believe Rashida is going to get her man home sooner than later. <laughs> but that is the update on my husband, guys. And again, thank you so much for joining me on this journey, on our journey. And it's it's amazing. It's truly, truly amazing. So, guys, we are in episode 11. And we are going to jump into... A serious note facts, guys. Thank you again for joining me. As you guys know, I have started a support group, Fed Up Wives, supporting wives of incarcerated federal inmates. This is a nonprofit organization set to help both emotionally and mentally, but financial as well. To contact Fed Up Wives, please email fedupwives.org at gmail.com. The contact number is 404-927-8011. Please like and join the Facebook page, Fed Up Wives Organization. You guys have supported me, and now it is time for me to support you. Now back to the show. 
on today's A Serious Note Facts, of course, I wanted to touch a little bit more on the lockdown. So, as you guys know, as of yesterday, the lockdown, I want to say, is officially over. I do, however, know that they were doing it slowly, a few prisons at a time, and the ones that had less... um gang members of the ms-13 were definitely the ones to come off of lockdown first so um i wanted to just kind of touch on a few things that i found out during this process of course this was eight days long guys eight days of a lockdown for inmates in the federal prison consisted of them being in their cells for those whole entire eight days The more I thought about it, the more I thought about no showers. Um, As far as commissary is concerned, I do not know how that went because majority of the prisons, um, the inmates do work in the commissary. And just the fact of having your restroom in the room with you with someone else, meaning that this you guys are inhaling and smelling each other for eight whole days how inhumane more can that be so um within these eight days i received a lot of text messages a lot of dms a lot of letters were um read to me from from other sources that i have And it was almost like a little network had been formed. I say that because once I started talking about this lockdown and posting this lockdown on my social media, my personal social media, as well as the podcast social media, I was starting to get DMs and comments from different people from different states telling me about their situation Um, with their loved ones, mainly husbands and boyfriends and um, their kids' dads were all a part of this lockdown. And so as the lockdown starts slowly um, um, coming undone, I would get messages from people like, hey, you know, my husband is in XYZ and this is what's going on. And it was like a little network. So within that little network that had been formed, I was also able to spread the word around to to, um, people that had been contacting me so they could have some sense of what was going on, some sense of relief. I know myself when Demita first got her phone call, I felt better that day, even though it was not my husband contacting me, it just made me feel like, okay, finally something is happening so i really appreciate the fact that that little network was formed and you know the people that was communicating with me was letting me know step by step what was going on so that was amazing and without the little network i don't know like i don't know how this would have actually went down for for us that was a part of this network so it was really something amazing that um came out of this as far as that is concerned. Now, I did find out from a source that there was 
a major, major fight, a gang fight that took place in another prison in Texas the day after or later on that day after the original fight in Beaumont. And it was bad. From my understanding, it was a lot of killings that took place in that prison. So that kind of explains um, to a degree as to why they wanted to lock the prisons down so that the gang violence wasn't would not spread throughout other prisons. Eight days is a bit extreme. And um, also we got word that a lot of inmates was on suicide watch. And I want to say this about that. The fear of the unknown can actually drive a person insane. See, one thing that we're taught is to have faith in things. And faith is something that's unknown. A lot of people, that's why they worry and pray at the same time. Because faith is something you can't see. Faith is holding on to something that you have no idea what is going to happen. And it's very hard for you to be somewhere and just not know how long is this going to go on? How long are we going to be here? Um, you just don't know. And the fear of that can eat you up alive. And so when I heard about the suicide watch, it really, you know, it, it really made me feel kind of bad because all I could think about was my God, like these people just don't even know like what's the inevitable right now, what's going to happen. Um, they could have been fearing for their lives as well. Who, who actually knows? But again, this is something that I knew was going to happen because again, I touched on this in one of my episodes about the effects of solitary confinement and the effects of them being on lockdown and what it does like how it really can make a sane person insane um i ended up going onto the washington post and now since i've been doing this podcast i kind of you know i have logins to a lot of different media outlets now so that i can check different things especially you know what's going on with you know jails and just Knowledge, You know, I loved, love, love to research and find out some things. So I went to the Washington Post because they had actually posted on Monday about some of the prisons being released from this lockdown. And uh, quite naturally, I read it and I'm always going to the comments, even on Instagram. I mean, as soon as I see a post, I like to see what people have to say. I like to read the comments. I like to see what people's heads is, you know, what kind of headspace they're in. And let me just tell you, when the original article came out about the lockdown, there was only 78 posts posted comments that was allowed and they closed it down because these comments were like whoa so i'm gonna go through some of these comments and again this is from when the lockdown first happened so you have one comment was two less psychopaths to feed in the house and they have the justice scale emoji afterwards 98% are thereabouts of prisoners are returned to society. How do you want them to return to your communities? And I thought that was a really good question. 
Um, two stupids killed. Where's the story? Um, this guy says I was a GI for years and I did enjoy many of the benefits of the U.S. prisoners. Prisoners should work hard and not enjoy basketball, gym, TV, cell, or cell phones. We should house prisoners on work farms where you work to grow your own food. House them in military brackets with mandatory classes about how to live in a civilized society. Prisoners who work from dawn to dusk will do what's, what's our, what our farmers do. They should be too tired to engage in drug deals and gang nonsense. The system is bad. Spending millions on air-conditioned buildings is ridiculous. Humane, humane hard work should take care of the problem. We have, we have the, we have to break the gangs, but not the will to do it. Um. Wow. Okay. So sounds like he's saying make them slaves. Okay. I get it. Um. I laugh when I hear BOP as club fed, nothing further but the truth. Imagine if these savages were out of prison and in society. Better look at the guard staff too. Jail cells just magically open for no reason. And these are all different comments. Um, this is another comment. Not even don't even worry about the small fry like two MS thirteen members. Go after murderer human rights violators traitors thieves fraud loser donald trump private citizen he's he's a far greater menace um and then someone else says so gang members should be let free um okay next comment why was only ms13 mentioned is Wopo trying to add fuel to the fire of immigration? Given this was a this was in Texas, I will be willing to bet that other gangs was on the white supremacist gangs, such as Aryan Brotherhood of Texas. And I'm not going to lie, I I thought about that too. I brought up the Aryan Brotherhood too. I'm like, from my understanding, like they're more bigger and dangerous, but you know, hey, who am I? Um, uh, let's see. So that was pretty much like um a, a lot of the um comments from when it actually first happened. Now, um, after after the release you had a couple of other a couple of other um comments and majority of those comments were pretty much talking about how inhumane it is to keep them you know locked up like that the actual length of time that the inmates were actually um you know, locked in for, for all of those, um, all of those days. And surprisingly enough, they stopped those comments too. They, they stopped those comments. I think it was, I think it was like at five, I think at five comments, they actually shut that down as well, which was insane to me because I mean, only five comments, but 
it might have something to do with the fact that what they were actually reporting was more of how inhumane um it was you know eight whole days so now that the lockdown is over you know everybody has their their um opinions of how they feel about certain things and it's just that it's just opinions but i just thought it was really interesting when you go to see how other people feel and how other people think about these type of situations now within this conversation i was having with demita i continuously kept talking about human rights human rights human rights like isn't this a violation of human rights and she said to me that when i had it had time she wanted me to read the declaration of human rights so i decided to of course do a little research and i want to share with you what i learned the universal declaration of human rights which is considered udhr is an international document adopted by the united nations general assembly that ensures the rights and freedoms of all human beings drafted by the u.n committee chaired by eleanor roosevelt it was accepted by the general assembly as resolution 217 during its third session on december 10th 1948 in paris france of the 58 members of the united nations at the time 48 voted in favor none against eight stood out and two just did not vote at all a foundation um it's a text in the human it's the text is of the history of human civil rights the declaration consists of 30 articles detailing its individuals basic rights and the fundamental freedoms and affirming their universal character as inherent and inalienable and acceptable to all human beings adopted as a common standard of achievement for all people and all nations the udhr commits nations to realize recognize all human beings as born free and equal in dignity and rights regardless of nationality place of residence gender national or ethnic origin color religion language or any other status the declaration is considered a milestone document for its universalist language which makes no reference to a particular culture particular um, political system or religion it's directly inspired the development of international human rights law and was the first step in the formulation of the international bill of human rights which was completed in 1966 and came into force in 1976 although not legally binding the contents of the udhr has been elaborated and incorporated in subsequent international treaties religion human rights instruments and national constitutions and legal codes 
all 193 members of United Nations have ratified at least one of the nine binding treaties influenced by the declaration with the vast majority rectifying four or more. While there is a wide consensus that the declaration itself is non-binding and non-part of customary international law, there is also a consensus that many of its provisions are binding and have passed into customary international law, although courts in some nations have been more restrictive on its legal effect. Nevertheless, the UDHR has influenced legal, political, and social de developments on both the global and national levels, with, with its significance partly evidenced by its 530 translations, the most of any document in history. This thing is translated 530 times, okay? Now, what I found interesting... The underlying structure of the Universal Declaration was influenced by the Code Napoleon, including the introductory general principles. Its final structure took form in the second draft prepared by French René Casson, who worked on the initial draft prepared by Canadian legal scholar John Peters Humphrey. Now, I want to get into some of these articles, guys. Articles 1 through 2 establish the basic concepts of dignity, liberty, and equality. Articles 3 through 5 establish other individual rights, such as the right to life and the, pro the prohibition of slavery and torture. Okay, Articles 12 through 17 set forth the rights of the individual towards the community, including freedom of movement and residence within each state, the right of property and the right to a nationality. Articles 18 through 21 sanction the so-called constitutional liberties spiritual public and potential i'm sorry political freedom such as freedom of thought opinion expression religion conscious word peaceful association of the individual and receiving and important information and ideas through any media um and it made me considerably interested in articles one through two and three especially three and five slavery and torture now what was interesting in the conversation that i had with my friend demita she said to me that whenever Things like this, violations of human rights come up that the United Nations is basically called upon. And what's interesting is I thought about the movie Hotel Rwanda. And I don't know if you guys have seen it. If you have, then you probably can recollect what I'm talking about. 
when the big issue came up about the Tootsies and, you know, the, these people come and kill him because of the type of group that they were, they involved the United Nations. The United Nations was who they called to try to get these people up out of there, especially Americans. And Didi said something to me. I'm sorry, I call her Didi, but professionally Demita. Demita said something to me as to the United States would never get involved with the United States. I'm sorry, the United Nations would never get involved with the United States, China, or Russia. Russia, the big powerhouses. Um, and we didn't get too deep off into the conversation, but what my conclusion of that was because it's their, their powerhouses. You would rather be an ally than to go against powerful countries like Russia, United States, and China. But what's interesting is the fact that you have a declaration of human rights that are violated on United States soil on a regular basis. And this is why I say I will never conform and just treat things as if this is the way it's supposed to be and this is normal. We have human rights. Damn the civil rights and the constitutional rights right now. We have human rights. And I can remember telling a few different people on different occasions and in, in several several topics it's my God-given right. It's my human right to have an opinion. It's my human right if I want to do this. Like, we have human rights. Anything that has to do with slavery and torture goes against your human rights. Being caged in for somewhere for eight days, no shower, having to inhale and smell the next person's bodily fluids, um, not being able to come out move around, stretch your legs, different things. It's a part of your human rights. I don't care what you are, what color you are, where you are, in jail, not in jail, or what kind of crime you have committed. That does not change your natural God-given human rights. And there is actually a declaration for that. So I encourage you guys just as well as the media encouraged me to take the time out and read the Declaration of Your Human Rights. And that is all that I have for today, guys, on On A Serious Note Facts. I am so glad you guys have joined me. I am glad that you are on this journey with me. And as I said before, guys, this is unscripted. This is uncut. Um... You may catch me stumbling sometimes and just out of habit and just out of um, me, me, my home training and being polite. Every time I mess up, I'm always saying sorry. <laughs> That's just a habit. I've, I've always done that. But I just want to give it to you how I get it, how I read it. Um, I am not perfect. I am not perfect. This podcast would never be perfect. But... I thank you guys for accepting that and tuning in with me. Thank you so much. This is episode 11. And again, and again, and again, I appreciate you guys so much. Well, guys, this concludes our episode. 
I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were entertained. And most of all, I hope you will continue this journey with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, guys. As I stated in my previous episodes, as I continue this journey, I will get better. I promise to bring you good content to keep you entertained. Make sure to follow the show's social media. Instagram is Wetlock Chronicles Podcast. Twitter is Wetlock Podcast. If you want to submit questions, advice, or comment on the show, hit the message link in the show's description and I will respond on my bonus episode on Fridays. For brand promotions, if you want to join in on an episode, share a story, spread some knowledge, please email me. Please email me at wetlockchroniclespodcast at gmail.com. Wetlockchroniclespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for being on this journey with me. I look forward to bringing you my next episode. So please stay safe, stay blessed, and welcome to Wetlock. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. For episode updates, upcoming live episodes, discussion forms, and contact information, please visit the website, wetlockchronicles.com. Yay!